Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hello and welcome to Excellence Expected. My name, as ever, is Mark Asquith. This week's episode focuses on the journey. How to get where we want to be, even if, actually, we've no idea where that destination is. And with me this week, I have a very, very charismatic guest, (laughs) someone with whom I have worked a heck of a lot over the last four years, and someone who has helped our businesses really achieve their potential and continues to do so on a, on a weekly, monthly, even daily basis sometimes. And as I say, we are going to talk about how to get where your business wants to be, even if you're not sure of the destination right now. So with me this week from Cedar is Mr. Keith Evans. Welcome, sir. Nice to be here. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you for asking me. Oh, mm-hmm. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's such an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. I think uh, everyone has aspiration. Everyone has... Um, intent and everyone has their own experience to build upon but actually putting all of that together sometimes to travel the road to get where you want to be sometimes quite difficult isn't it so I think it's a really interesting topic. It's hard to do it for yourself I think. Mm, Absolutely I would would entirely agree and before we get started as ever let's tell the listeners a little bit about you so tell us about Cedarco and about Keith Evans. Okay. Well, Cedarco uh, as a business has been going since 2000, so into our 15th year. Uh, And it's a specialist consultancy, uh, in effect. We work predominantly with um, entrepreneurs who have a creative and digital um, and cultural um, element to their their work. Um, And about three or four years ago, we started to to spread the you know the love so to speak into other industry sectors, so the business is much more around now about the use of creativity, how that inspires in innovation and entrepreneurship in any industry sector, and even in in a in a charity or even a a public uh, public setting as well. So uh, we've worked with a number of local authorities and helped them inspire creativity and, and innovation. It's becoming more important as well, isn't it? That creativity is, is being recognised. We talked yeah. locally and regionally about the, the the turn in the last ten years in Yorkshire, um, but but more so across the globe. It's creativity is really being recognised now as a vital part, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, IBM did a study only, I think it was about four or five years ago. Um, most of the top CEOs in the world were were asked what what is going to be the defining characteristic of success in the future and I think it was well into the high 60s they, they said that creativity is is, the, is their biggest challenge uh, I mean we could do a session just on what does that really mean in business um, but in practical terms it, 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 it is about releasing um, some of those natural talents that people have it's not about singing a song it's not about being able to paint or draw it is actually about problem solving conceptual thinking good communication skills um, but once you tap into that latent skill within the team I think you get a better return on on your investment myself mm. I entirely agree definitely in fact <laughs> I spoke to uh, Ryan Jenkins from Next Gen Catalyst uh-huh. and mm. we were talking about the different generations through baby boomers and how some of the, yeah, the, yeah. the thought leaders and the, the CEOs at the moment are still in the baby boomer generation mm. and actually Generation Y and the millennials and also Generation Z that are coming out and you know really 
following their own passions and desires. And absolutely. The creativity is core to that, isn't absolutely it? Absolutely is. Absolutely is. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think you know, we, we younger people have major challenges ahead of them, things that I don't, I, I've never had to, to deal with, and they're considerable challenges in a global world that's changing fast and is clearly running out of resources. But I think the one thing that's, that's shining through in the experience I'm having with younger people um, is that their own ingenuity, their own desire to set their own destiny and, and, and plot their own, their, own, their own map in life and be independent and have portfolio careers and, you know, to make their own decisions, I think is fantastic. I, that's, that's, the, that's the bit I wish I was, I was part of if I could be. Yeah. It's the way to live, isn't it? It's, it is. uh, yeah. it's the old adage of, you know, mm. you work to live, you don't live to work. Yeah. And it's, it's finally coming true. People yeah. are able to grasp it and take hold of that and actually design a life around what they want to achieve. Exactly, exactly. We've probably, in that respect, in business, we've probably never had as much freedom as we have now to literally design whatever we want to design. And I think that's where, you know, it's a nice segue, but it's where the strategy side often often is the, is, is a bit of a missing link for people to to sort of grapple with. That's really curious, actually, because we talk about creativity and we talk about this kind of um, entrepreneurial spirit that is being cultivated more and more. And people are, there's a propensity for people to fly off and actually achieve and fail or fail and achieve yeah, and yeah. keep doing this cycle. Mm-hmm. Because that's just what they're nurtured to do, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But as you say, we'll get to it later, but the, the strategic side of that and allowing people to actually say, well, look, I don't necessarily need a plan to get from A to B to C, but mm-hmm. actually what I want to do is set some milestones. How mm-hmm. I get there yeah. is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I just know I need to get there. Yeah. And, and, and trying to put some strategy over the top of that is something we are going to talk about, mm-hmm. but it's something that we'll need carefully conserving mm-hmm. as the next generation gen y the millennials and gen mm-hmm. z kick in and start to to really fly off and do what they really want to do we need mm-hmm. to just be mindful of that strategy yeah. Don't we? yeah but i think the other thing you've mentioned there is about failure and and you know my, my sense is that we we still amongst those of us who've got gray hair and a bit older still have a great fear of failure and I, th- I think one of the things that, you know, if you were to ask me what are two or three of the big things I've learned in, in, in business after 30 years, I think the one thing, one of the things is, is that failure is a natural part of business. Um, the, the, the skill is, is learning from that. And once, once you understand that, you have a much, much more comfortable relationship with your, with your failures and a different relationship with your successes as well. I like that. Definitely. I think we've all been there. Yeah, and, yeah. and for, for yeah. anyone that's listened to episode one of the podcast, you know, that, that is a real insightful look at my sort of my time in this very building that we sat in, yeah. um, which yeah. was, it's something that, you know, you reach the bottom and you think, well, actually the only way to go is up. So mm. let's have a little bit of fun with it and let's yeah. enjoy it as well. And it, that's a liberating way to be. It is. It's, uh, but it's only something you can learn through doing it, isn't yeah. it? Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so before we actually get to the strategic side and we talk about the meat on the bones of the episode, mm. let's let's talk about Cedar and Keith Evans just a touch more. Okay. Then. So what challenges have you guys faced? Because I always find it interesting to see where businesses have been. Yeah. Um, so what challenges have Cedar Co. faced and you know, how did you overcome them? I think I think we probably had two significant challenges um, of of note, of real note in in fifteen years. Um, I think the first one was was managing growth. We went from a team of five to twenty two in less than eighteen months, uh, which isn't huge, 
but it's a significant challenge. So managing growth was our first major challenge. And then quite ironically, you know, go back about three, three and a half years ago after the financial crisis, was actually managing serious decline, almost overnight decline. We lost three million pounds worth of contract work within weeks of, of, uh, of a change of government. And, uh, and that brought equally challenging. And I think to have both of those under our belt now going forward, I think that enhances our, our practice, which I think is invaluable, really. Well, it, it shows you can learn from both sides of the oh. coin. You can you can move forward regardless. Growth, failure, it's all part of the same yeah. journey, isn't it? It is. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's an interesting one. I mean, that growth's quite interesting. I mean, how <laughs> how the hell did you manage that? Because that's not an easy task. Everyone mm. sees that growth as fantastic and, wow, that's really successful. Mm. But actually, we all know it's harder than that, isn't it? Well, that's a, a, a really good question. That's a lovely question, actually. And I, I look back at that that time fondly for obvious reasons because we, we, you know, we were we were learning as we were going and we were having a great journey in the process. Um, but it does sort of it does tie back into the the theme for the for the whole session is around strategy. I think what we decided is that we knew what we were shooting for. We were really clear what it was we were trying to create, and I think that um, that helped us manage quite considerable growth very quickly because it meant that we had a story to tell people and especially the people that we were asking asking us to join that that, that journey with us so when we were interviewing and looking for for, for new talent and, and growing that capacity everybody sort of arrived at a point very quickly and we all knew exactly what it was and um, we actually had on the ceiling emblazoned on this beautiful sloping ceiling in the offices at the time. You know, our mission, it was there in big, bold letters. We knew what it was. And, and it meant that we got incredible buy-in. We got great performance from people. We got great ideas. We, we collectively solved our challenges, our growth challenges. We had a big data challenge very early on, for example. Um, so I think it was, it was that sense that we knew what, we all knew why we were doing it. I think that's a luxurious position to be in. I love that. <laughs> I think when you consider so many businesses out there have just got their head down yeah, yeah. and they're just thinking to themselves, well, look, we need to churn the day, we need to churn the week and we need to yeah. be hitting invoice targets and billing targets, turnover, mm. revenue mm. And, and, you know, outputs as well. And it's, it's refreshing to see someone that sees the big picture and that's mm. something that we've worked on quite a lot together. Yeah, we actually. have together, yeah. And, you know, it's all about that big picture and I think just having a mindset Mm. to say, well, look, an opportunity has come my way. It doesn't affect today or tomorrow or next week, even next year. Mm. But actually, in two years' time, that might just open a door somewhere. So let's put that yeah. and let's fit that into our overall plan, but let's not act on it now. But having the mindset to be receptive to that sort mm. of thing, it gives you that broader picture, doesn't it? Mm. I think without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, we, we've always respected the fact that you need to take time out to, to develop a business and, um, you know... Um, yeah, we've we've talked together many times when people have said, you know, I just haven't got the time to do it. You cannot afford not to do it in business. You have to find that time. Um, and I think the other thing is, once we all knew what direction we're going in, um, I think it was empowering the team to get on with it and and go and go back to the other point. You know, if you fail, okay, what what do we do better next time, and not be too um, hypercritical of ourselves. Um, so yeah, that was that was a good combinations. That got us, I think, to, to a point where we became a very sta stable, well-established, and even international business, uh, sort of eight years, nine years into the journey. And I guess a byproduct of that is probably a, a deep understanding of, of your own business, which I think is something that people, again, perhaps sometimes lack, you know, running the business that we run. 
sometimes you have to you do have to look outward. You're always looking outward. What can what can we react to? What can we help with? What mm. can we solve? How can we service people better? But actually, you do have to at times look inward and, and, and managing those kind of challenges. So managing growth, managing decline. At the time, you don't really realize it, but afterwards you can reflect on that and say, well, look, we looked inwards. We figured out what the problems were. Mm-hmm. We overcame them. And now we've got a deep-rooted understanding of how we actually work. Yes. Which yeah. is... Again, it's such a luxurious position to be in. It's a byproduct of a challenge. Yeah. Uh, and it sticks with you. If you can keep the, the core team with you, as we've managed to do as well, it sticks with you. It holds you in good stead in the future. We've recently, literally in the last week, had a very particular challenge working with partners um, in Italy and in, in Spain to deliver um, um, a submission to, to a, a European funding uh, opportunity. And, and that that mode of operation, that sense of mutual respect, that understanding where the skill sets are to get that job done quickly or to the best of our capabilities. It's in our DNA. Um, and it's in, again, completely, completely you, can't put, you can't put a value on it. Yeah. And you can't teach that. No. You can't teach it. It's something that comes with trial and tribulation yeah. and <laughs> testing and ups and downs. And, a lot. Yeah. Everything. Absolutely. I think that's so valuable. So, Where's Cedar going then? What's what's on the horizon? Ah, that's a good, again, nice question. Uh, I think we're probably at a point at which we need to get off and have another look at that ourselves and be a bit clearer about that. But I don't think there's any doubt that over the last sort of 12 months in particular, the business has started to really um, platform again. Um, we, we've we never been, um, ironically, never been the greatest marketeers uh, in the world, even though at one stage we had about three or four marketing people on the, on the team. Uh, all the work is pretty much word of mouth or opportunity spotting on our behalf. Um, uh, and, and we seem to be getting a very steady flow of of, of, of clients coming to us. Um, I think the indication is that that's from quite a broad church of potential customers. So, um, yes, always a core a core that is around creative and cultural, but 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 new industry sectors. Our reputation in other areas is is still there. It's got good. It's got good uh, currency. Uh, and I think the other thing is 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 more international work. I think next um, after a, after a couple of years where we've probably only worked internationally a couple of times a year, I think there's a growing sense that the international market's going to open up again for us as 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 confidence grows on a on a broader plane. So yeah, so it's you know more varied work and 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 more international work and i think finally finally is is us choosing work that we're really interested in doing and and doing interesting fun gigs not not feeling like, like we have done in the last few years doing the work because we needed to i think it's having more choice which will be nice yeah one of the things that you said there, and, and for people that don't know Keith, is um, that one of the best things that Keith does is something that actually you couldn't really put a value on, and that's actually having the mindset to spot the opportunities. You mentioned that. That's a, yeah, yeah, that's a nice thing to say. Thank you. You're welcome, very welcome. <laughs> it's something that I learned from. And you know, my, my whole mantra without knowing it over the last few years has always been, well, don't ever say no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you make that very, very tangible. And it's not, we said earlier on, it's not necessarily about how it benefits me today, tomorrow, next week, next mm. year. It's about where mm. does that fit into my overall strategy? Yeah. And it's back to that life by design. Mm. How does that potentially work in the future? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you and Cedar are very, very good at is saying, well, oh, look, thank you. we are here. Mm. You might not need us today. Yeah. And actually, do you know what? You might actually never need us, but... Mm. 
we can point you in some directions. Yeah. And you can't buy that value. I think mm. that's massive. So yeah, that, that's something that everyone can learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that, that's a, that was a really nice comment. And I, I, you know, I, we do have people that weave in and out of the journey with some people you don't see for three, four, five years. And then the, then we'll get an email out the blue and say, I've, I've got a question. Um, it almost feels like, you know, you're a, you're actually a trivia quiz, you know, um, and then we try and we try and move them along and and say hello or goodbye, uh, depending on how long or how short that in- intervention is. But uh, but no, we've outseen a lot of things that you know. If you look at the fifteen years, there are many schemes, programs, organisations that were that have been in that fifteen year period, and um, still around which is quite nice. You've outlived them all. <laughs> uh, that's superb. I love it. That's that's really, really interesting. So we are here to talk strategy. Yep. And yep. the uh, excellence expected is always about delivering value to the listeners and particularly people that are in business. Mm-hmm. And one of the key challenges that everyone faces, regardless of actually whether you know you are facing that challenge or not, is... Mm. Where do I want to be? Mm, yeah. How do I get there? And we talked earlier, actually, there are normally two camps of people, the people that know where they want to go, mm-hmm. but actually don't know how to get there, what the yep. stepping stones, all the milestones are. And the second camp of people are the people that have got an intuition. They've got the feeling, the gut feeling that they could achieve more, but they actually don't even know what a destination Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's really what we're here to talk about. And actually, the, 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 you know, the value from that for any business owner is wild. You know, that's a huge, huge topic. So first of all, what are the symptoms, I guess? And this is this may be a, a curveball question for <laughs> no, you. No, no, it's all right. But, Give me careful. You know, I love careful. <laughs> the symptoms of a business that really knows that it needs to be somewhere else, mm-hmm. but doesn't know how to get there. What When you go into an organization, what do you notice has been the symptoms? Yeah, that's a, again, excellent question. Really good question. I, th- I think the first thing that I would normally pick up on is that sense of, um, there's usually an underlying sense of frustration uh, in in the conversations and, and the way people are, are generally sort of um, feeling. Because again, everyone knows that there's palpable value that's not taking place. Um, so there's usually a sense of frustration. Um, quite often, there is um, um, there is the, there feels like there's gaps in structure. There's there's holes in processes, um, borne out because people are focusing so much on the detail. And I think that's the final giveaway. Is that you know whenever you're having a conversation, you find you're trying to draw the conversation into a strategic conversation and people will will try and draw it back into detail because that's what they're comfortable with that's what they've been doing for, for quite a while um they understand it better they can see tangible early results all the time uh, and so you know you, the first real challenge is, is helping them recognize for themselves that actually that's that's not the most sustainable way forward um i think from there is 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 that sense of helping them create a space to actually stop for a second, some kind of safe space um, where they can um, um, you know, bear their soul a little bit, be quite honest and candid because that's that's good for us. Uh, you can build some trust. We obviously have to build trust. Uh, and, then, and then you can start making a bit of a difference. I like the idea of not focusing on the detail because we all run and especially with more, um, I don't want to say the word traditional, but I guess that's what I mean. Traditional businesses that have got a very hierarchical structure mm-hmm. and, and the comfort zone for people on the ground that are delivering and are normally accountable to someone that is more strategic. Yeah, yeah. 
the comfort zone for those guys is the detail. It's, well, today I did X, Y, and Z, and tomorrow I will do X, Y, and Z, and I do that, and that's what I do. Mm. And actually, that's fine because it moves you from A to B, but it perhaps doesn't move you there as effectively or as efficiently. Yeah. And being able to pull them up to a level where you say, well, look, mm. this is why we carry out these detailed tasks, but mm. what about if... To solve this problem, we started focusing on a different problem and yes. solved it slightly differently, which will affect mm. your detailed tasks. So it's, it's not about the micromanaging, is it? It's not about the what's in front of someone's face instantly. It's about pulling them up to a level, giving them room to breathe and let mm. I guess letting it be known that they're allowed to breathe. Absolutely. No, that's, uh, that's uh, it's, it's, it, it, you know, at the end of this, it's quite an empowering process. Um, and, and again, it, I mean, inevitably, most of the work that we will do is with strategic leadership at a certain level, sometimes right at the top of, you know, within the executive management, within the board, sometimes maybe tier two, the next level down. Um, and, I, and again, part of our job is very quickly to try and understand why that strategic thinking may have uh, slipped off the agenda or wasn't taking place to the degree that it should. Sometimes that is competency. Sometimes it's confidence. Um, sometimes it is the, the absolute... Uh, fact that the leadership is focused completely on certain aspects of the business, and and the, and right at the top tier aren't aren't empowering people to to be more more you know lateral in their thinking and have that space. So that is sort of the next challenge is is trying to really understand what's the bit that's stopping it from all happening, and it can be any one of those. Um, um, and 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 you know quite often, more often than not, it's just confidence. It's just confidence that that people um, have a process that they can start working through. They just see this massive challenge with so many different tasks to try and get there, and at the moment, it just feels like it's all it's all one big mess, and it's the lack of structure really. Mm. Taking the first steps, but more importantly, everyone says that, well, every journey starts with one step. You know, that old mm, cliche yeah. is true. But having said that, there's no point telling people that unless they know what that bloody step is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is I mean, again, I'll often say to clients, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you how to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the tools to do it yourself because, again, you have to design some of this for yourself. Right? You know, um, you know, again, earlier on we talked about management tools. There are plenty of management tools to use. But in the end, um, I think our job is to, is, is to enable people to, to set their process, to set their style, to uh, understand what the parameters are that they've got to work with, what their restrictions are, how they're going to get around problems, how they're going to resource their program, whatever. But but our job really is to ask the questions and then and then s enable them to design the solution. That way it sticks. If I was to go in and, and you know, you know I'm not gonna, I'm not going to bash consultancy per se, but there are people that will go in with a model and say this is the way you do things. That might be the right one. It might not. There's a thousand models. Yeah. So. I think that's interesting. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It rarely yeah. is in any industry, in yeah. any problem, any solution. It's rarely a one-size-fits-all. And I think certainly with a lot of the um, the business advice and support and kind of programs that are out there, sometimes you do feel a little shoehorned in. Yeah. And we've all seen regional mm -hmm. programs disappear for that very, very reason. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I find that really interesting, the fact that it's, it's, it's more about listening, but really listening and hearing yes. what's going on. And then from our work together, I can I can testify that it is really <laughs> it's about gleaning things out of a, a management or, or sorry a management team or a board that is in there mm. but they just perhaps don't know it's in there completely completely I, 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 you know I, 
Most people do know the stuff. Um, they don't always respect what they know. Um, uh, it's buried deep away. Sometimes people are uncomfortable saying certain things. So part of the job is challenging people and, and not be afraid to ask difficult questions from time to time, honest, deep questions that you know may have a bit of a gnarly answer that could create a few waves. But, you, you know, honesty has to, has to be clear and the, 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 the mantra that everybody works to. Um, and I think the other thing is, is quite often, you know, a client will at the end of it say, we knew all this, Keith. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll go, of course you did. You just needed it into in the right order, in the right structure, and you needed to be pointing it at the right direction. But yes, of course you did. You know your business quite well. You know it very well in most cases. Um, and it's that detail. Again, part of our challenge is understanding the detail uh, of the business very quickly. We need to, you know, if you're, you, you know, if you go from a manufacturing business to a financial services business to a, an NHS trust, those are those are very very different things. So we, you know, you have to pick that stuff up relatively quickly and and contextualize it quickly. But that's the fun part of the job. Yeah. I would imagine one of the challenges from your perspective is staying up to date. Because there's that much going on, as you yeah. say, I'm yeah. thinking just then. <laughs> Manufacturing to financial services to national health. You know, you think about all the either economic or political factors yeah. that could affect that. When you're stood there and you're working with a, a leadership team, you have to be up to date on things like yeah. that, don't you? How do you find that personally? Is that a challenge? No, it isn't for me personally because, uh, you know, uh, you're talking about uh, somebody that at the age of probably about four or five watched um, – um, Winston Churchill's funeral from start to finish, um, um, and 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 that was because I think from an early age I was fascinated by world events, politics. I, st- I majored in economics at university. You know that stuff just sticks to me like glue, and I, I find it fascinating. A lot of people think I'm boring at dinner table, but that's fine. I probably am, but no, it, it, that stuff for me is quite easy to do. And I think it's 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 it, it's the stuff. It's the stuff in the ra- you hear on the radio or you read on a blog that sticks to you. You just remember that that's an interesting thing. I think where we have a, a distinct advantage, and it's probably worth mentioning, is our understanding of digital because we've been embracing and have been part of that digital revolution in the UK for 15 years. Um, quite often, a lot of our clients really do not understand the exponential opportunities that digital, digital bring. So where we can quite often really add value as well is... is um, is to be able to bring a digital perspective to their solutions, which is good. It is. It's interesting, very interesting. And just considering the, uh, I guess, the symptoms that we talked about earlier, so that frustration and those kind of, you know, heads in the detail and so on and so forth. When you consider the businesses that you guys have worked with and you've helped and everything that you've done around strategic planning and the impact that it's had, to turn that on its head, if someone doesn't address these symptoms, mm-hmm. realistically, what could the impact be on a business? Oh, I've, you, you can almost plot their decline, their, their terminal decline. Uh, it may take longer than you th- think it's going to take, but it, it, you know, inevitably, they'll, they'll, they'll run into trouble. And we have, you know, unfortunately, not been able to stop people from heading down that direction. Uh, and once a business, depending on what type of business, but once a business is vulnerable, then um, you know it's it's ownership base, um, um, it's you know it's it's assets are are up for grabs, aren't they? That's um, unfortunately is the place is is the way of the market. You know that's how capitalism works. Um, but um, but more often than not, to be fair, I would say that eighty percent of the clients, maybe even more, probably closer to about ninety percent of our clients, 
you know they they bring you in and they they do intend to use use the the uh, the the program as a way of of, of re-energizing the business and and taking it forward. I think what happens too often is we we're, we often get brought in when there's too much there's a lot of damage already been done. You know, I, th I think you relish the opportunity when it's clear that somebody says, "Look, we're, we're a good business." Um, in fact, we were just talking about one together now. They know they're a good business and they're going to bring us in when they're on an upturn and they just want to really go to stellar levels. Um, quite often, a change program, a real change program, is usually as a result of a, a fairly major catastrophe and that business is, needs some serious help. Yeah. How do you find it with business leaders and so people that have maybe nurtured a business from day one and they've perhaps started, <laughs> you, can, you can see this heading in, a, in an uncomfortable path for you. No, yeah, say, no, I promise no. you it's a good question. No, 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 no not at all, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so from a business leader's perspective, how mm -hmm. do you find that when you've got someone that has perhaps started the business, Yep. perhaps seen the growth yeah, yeah. and perhaps crested the wave, entered a little bit of a decline, regardless of the size, is it a challenge sometimes to, I wouldn't say get the buy-in, but to nurture them along so that they've got the confidence to make the tough decisions and to say, this is what we need to do and this is when we're going to do it? Uh, that's probably the biggest challenge, especially if it's a family-owned business. Yeah. You know, that's the, it's, the, it's their lives. They've invested a lot in it. It's part of what they are. And, and, and I think what happens quite often is a process of denial sets in, that they can't believe that this thing that was once great is actually failing. Um, and and again, that's where external help is is vital. And uh, you know, you know, you can you can you know, you can unpack a strategy uh, activity, but invariably they need really good financial advice. They need really good legal advice. You know, we you know the the first thing is let's 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 protect the assets and let's understand what's capable. Um, so we're just part of a, a turnaround program quite often. But yeah, it's, you know, is that yeah? You, it, it can be it can vary from relief um, fairly early on to absolute denial for quite a considerable time. And in the end, the balance sheet and the and the and the bank balance doesn't lie. You know, if you if you're with them long enough, you can eventually sort of say, "Look, this is this is critical now." That's really interesting because we've talked about decline. We've talked about businesses failing there. Mm -hmm. Let's turn that around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And everything we've talked about, obviously, is is diagnosing symptoms, diagnosing yeah. you know underlying problems that affect those symptoms. Let's talk about the positive change. So when yeah. a business is already doing well, mm -hmm. this strategic thinking and this kind of milestone roadmap, what, what impact can that have on an already excelling business? Um, well, I always think that that's, that's really that sense of um, putting seed on fertile ground then. So what you usually find is within the DNA of that team, there are a number of things that already exist. So um, uh, they've got a good vision. So they've already taken the, the business on a journey that everybody's relatively bought into. Um, they, will have, um, they will have a good team. So there'll be good talent in that team, some good skills. Uh, because the business is usually been doing, doing quite well at that point, they therefore have resources that they can they can invest in in some kind of additional program. So the you know the real basics are in place, um, and 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 again you know from our point of view, the key is then saying okay, so if you if you know that you you want to to move to a new level, are you clear what that is? Um, answer yes or no. If it's yes, then we move into um, um, what I would consider to be a 
a deconstruction of the challenges and then a reconstruction of those tasks. If it's if it's we're not quite sure, but we know that there's something, then you have to do a bit, a bit of pre work, which is helping them understand what that that vision could be, what their destiny really could look like, and get get that sort of corporate buy in first, and then move on to a process whereby we we're looking at. at those individual components that are going to get them there. Um, so, you know, example being, you know, what's what's the market opportunities? So, what are the things that we don't know? So, there's research that needs to be done. Have we got the right talent? Uh, what timeline are we? You know, is this a limited window of opportunity? Um, if there are some kind of technical challenges, what are they? You know, it, you know, it's unpacking. You know, maybe anything between sort of eight and sort of fifteen different components, but they're fairly standard. And some you, you some are relatively easy to to, to unpack and, and and get a um, you know a real steer on what what has to change. Some can be a little bit more complicated, and then the job is really let's get them in the right order uh, as best we can because those things do change as as the project goes forward. It changes, but um, but I always I, one of the things I'm I'm always really keen to, to to try and make sure we can do is get an early win. Let's get an early win under the belt. Let's make sure that the the team, uh, the organisation, feels that it's achieved something on on that journey as sooner rather than later. Yeah, so much of a confidence builder, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, totally, mm. completely and utterly. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I actually, I, I've probably lost count how often I will go into an organisation, and confidence is is the biggest problem. And you you, you will often find that somebody's been uh, elevated into a position of responsibility. Uh, love the responsibility, love the job, love the company, all of the great team, various things. But actually, those management disciplines, those strategic management disciplines are a bit weak and they feel vulnerable. And again, I think that's where trust in that safe safe space and honest conversation can um, can, can pay, pay off. It just goes to show everything that you've said there. It just goes to show that it's not... It's not just for declining businesses. It's not just That's for excelling businesses. The eye on the goal, the eye on the prize, and the eye on the any symptoms that are emerging within a business, having the foresight to be able to take hold of those and say, mm. well, look, let's move forward past these. Mm. Regardless of the situation, there mm. are tangible outcomes, tangible benefits to doing that regardless, aren't yeah. there? Well, for me, the perfect win is when, when it's clear that we've managed to you know, adapt the culture of that organization or business to the degree where that uh, ongoing process is embedded a little and that they don't need us in the future. We've always said our you know, perfect win for us is, you know, we, we're jettisoned. We say goodbye and, and you know, maybe from the, other than the odd conversation and hello and maybe, you know, maybe occasionally being asked to look at a very specific issue. Uh, you, d- you shouldn't need us again. You know, if you, if you, if you take the learning, you take the experience, then you know the, the long term is this should be sustainable. You know, it should should stay with the organisation afterwards. I love that big culture change, big yeah. embedding of the knowledge and the confidence. It seems massive. The confidence, as you say, we always come back to that. It just seems so mm. big. Mm. So yeah, I think that's fantastic. Moving on, sir. Okay. Excellence expected is about action. Mm-hmm. So it's all about yeah. moving forward and the listeners out there giving them clear action points and allowing them to move forward and actually implement some of these one or all every single time they listen to an episode. <laughs> so, so 
sometimes when it's over five, implementing them all on the same day can be challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But I know you have been working on on some tips. So I yeah. know you've got five takeaways for the listeners around this strategic planning and moving forward to the okay. destination. So hit us with number one, please, sir. Number one, I think, is is clarity. Is is be absolutely clear what you want to do. Where are you really aiming for? What is that mission? Where do we, you know, what would success look like in a couple of years' time? And almost try and imagine what that looks like and even draw it or whatever. Be creative um, and, t- and tangibly feel what that, what you're shooting for. Uh, now, again, that isn't always easy, but, but it doesn't take long. You can, you, can do, you can do a session in a couple of days and you can get that clarity. Um, uh, but be clear first. What is it that you can achieve and, 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 and what will it look like? Yeah. There has to be so many people sat out there on that note that yeah. aren't quite clear what they're doing because they've been embedded in the business so long, running mm. the day-to-day, running the month-to-month, firefighting, yeah. dealing with different problems, that pulling the head up out of the uh, out of the ditch sometimes, looking over the turret and saying, all right, that's where I want to be, mm. and being clear on that. It's a big challenge. I know just we know ourselves just from running our own businesses that that's a challenge. So that massive takeaway for me is to just be clear. Yeah. Where do you want to be? And, and if, you're in that, if you're in that fog... Then, then the first, there is a little rule underneath that. I think is look outside, don't look inside. Look at the, what the world's telling you. Right? You know what you can do. You know what your capabilities are. You may even have some good idea or some new stuff that you want to do. But, but you know, there's there's a golden rule in business, isn't it? The customer always decides what value is. You don't. And you know, to embark on a major program of change or or a, a new product or whatever, if you do that without thinking about the outside world, then actually you're already on a bit of a hide to nothing. So I think if you've got that that fog and you're not quite sure still what that is, I think the first thing is you do have to conduct some kind of exercise that looks at the the, the external environment and gives you some pointers about you know, where are the trends for your customers, what are they really expecting, what would make their life, why would they embark on a relationship with you or buy a new product you know where does technology fit what's the you know, what's the general economic trend around this what are our suppliers doing what's our competition doing and what's the regulatory framework looking like there's this sort of six good pointers there that are a good mapping exercise is worth doing and that's just tip number one that's just tip number one yeah yeah Added value every point mark every point um tip number two tip number two there are tools in, well i've just t- touched on one isn't it? yeah i took there about an environmental mapping tool if anybody ever wants it they listen to this and they want it they just need to send us an email and we'll we'll, we'll happily um, um send it on an email um but but there are plenty of tools out there uh, i wouldn't uh, advocate that people just go looking at tools and think that's the right one for me, but uh, but but tools, you know, management management tools, are a useful way of putting a structure to a, an issue sometimes. So whether it's you know it's something like agile or how you, you know how you manage a project, whether it's something like balanced scorecard, which is usually around longer term strategic change, um, you know whether it's something like CoStar, which is a you know, value creation tool. You know, use things. Use things that are out there. These things have been tried and tested and developed by by, uh, management gurus with greater minds than mine. Uh, And I think, you know, um, I regularly, not quite sure which one I'm going to pull out the bag. But once you get that that conversation going, you understand where the fit is, then actually, you know, there are plenty of good tools out there to help you thinking. 
So choose the right tool for yeah. the right job then, absolutely. Yeah, that, absolutely. I think in a, in a world of information and a world of, um, I guess, impatience sometimes, mm. we all want the quick fix. Yeah, yeah. And we see, we can see tools as a bit of a silver bullet, can't we? I think yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a buy this, solve this, or adopt this, solve this. And it's not always the case. So I think that's really useful for not only the strategic side, but as a general rule of thumb. Yeah. Take stock of what's out there and make a fair assessment before buying into any kind of process yeah. or tool. So that's really, really, really useful. And there's loads of information on the web on a lot of these things, isn't it? You know, you can look, you can you can sort of study them. You can do some brief analysis. You can download a YouTube video that shows you how it works and whatever. You can familiarise yourself and then make an intelligent decision. Which, you know, we, let's also remember we are intelligent human beings, um, and, and 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 get that sense of will this one fit or not. And, if if it needs a bit of tweaking, don't be a change, don't be afraid to adapt the tool a little bit because they are you know they can be a little bit blunt. Yeah. The tools are there to fit you. It's yeah. not it's not about us fitting into the tool set, is it? It's it's the other way around. Yeah. Love it, fantastic. So, and tip number three. Number three um, for me it is is definitely get some kind of external reflection on what you're doing. Uh, it is almost impossible to to strategize for yourself. Um, you're too close to the detail. You have too many. Um, investments in the business and in, in the people are too much. So uh, even whether it's friends, family and fools, get some external reflection, get opinion from outside of the business because it will be invaluable. It doesn't have to be a consultant. It can just be people who know your business well. It can often be your customers. It can often be your suppliers, people who you've worked with, trusted trusted allies and, and champions. Yeah, yeah. Test your thinking with with people outside the business. I think you've got to do that, haven't you? It's, it's something that we all, again, because we're so embedded in the business every single day, mm. sometimes you forget. You embark on an idea because you've seen someone else doing it yeah. or you, you you feel like you have to solve a problem in a certain way because it fixes the immediate problem, mm. totally unaware of the long-term impact, for example. And I think that idea, that validation or the rationalization of an idea, a process change, a, an implementation, a tool set adoption, whatever that mm. is, even if it's bouncing it off your good lady or your good I'm, man I'm, at home. I've got clients doing that at the moment. Their wives, unfortunately, uh, the uh, the um, the, the uh, uh, over over dinner table talk is not the most stimulating at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, I cut across. No, I love that. I love it. I love it. It's uh, well, it could be worse, Keith. I could have you sat there talking about Winston's funeral. <laughs> yeah. Well, no one's talked about pillow talk getting a bit, bit, bit more boring now, so we won't go any further. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Tip number three: get some external advice. Perfect. And tip number four, sir. Tip, tip number four, I think, is it if you you know if you decide that you need to embark on a process of thinking, identification, and then and putting investment, uh, in, uh, st some kind of strategy in place. And remember, strategy really is just, it's just a series of actions that's going to get you from A to B. Um, then, then, then start with the mindset that you're going to have to invest. Don't think that this isn't going to cost you something. It, the very least, it's going to cost you some time. Um, but, 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 but if you can start at an early stage, recognizing that there may well be a financial cost to the business, you may have to put money into an idea or whatever, then, 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 then ensure that you, you've at least done some thinking around that as early as possible. Yeah. So set out with a mindset of investment and whether that's just time yeah. or whether it's actual physical investment that you may not need straight away. Yeah. I think exactly the kind of spin that I put on that from my own personal perspective, and I know a lot of business owners struggle with this, is start with the intent to finish mm. because a lot of people start with the intent to say I've started, mm. you know, and that, yeah, yeah. it's huge, mm. it's huge. So 
be mindful that you will have to invest something, whether it's time or finances. Yeah. I love that. And the fifth and final, sir. Well, I've just changed the last one actually, as we were talking. I think I think for me, um, the the next one I think is probably a little bit more important than the one I was going to suggest. And this is governance. It's put a process in place that allows you to check and monitor that you, you're achieving what you set out to achieve. Don't be afraid to make sure that that includes peers and your, you know, your, your, your colleagues, because at the end of the day, people have to be responsible for certain tasks. And at regular intervals, you have to sit down and have an honest conversation. Have we achieved? Uh, if not, what do we do differently? Have we failed? If so, why? What do we do differently? You know, going right back to our initial discussion, don't be afraid. You're going to, I have yet to see a project of change that works seamlessly without some kind of mistake or, or failure. It's human nature. It's going to happen. More often than not, it's an external in, a fact that hasn't been considered or seen. And again, you can't, you can't future proof everything, but just accept that you do need a process of governance that gets you uh, to a point where you can regularly monitor that you, you, you're heading in the right direction. It's amazing that a lot of people actually don't consider that. Yeah. I think that's so, so valuable. And and if you think about it from a marketing perspective, you would rarely, if ever, embark <laughs> on a marketing campaign without knowing what you wanted to measure and when you yeah. were going to measure it. And this change management, you know, uh, implementation of different tool sets mm. and processes and trying to reach this overarching destination mm. how do you know if you're actually getting there unless mm. you're measuring it so yeah. governance it has to be vital doesn't it you said the, you said the bar you you know you can design your own um indicators of what success look like um, they don't have to they don't necessarily have to be uber challenging you know some organizations do naturally lend themselves to a much more iterative slower process that's the culture of the business but it, it, you've got to be able to check milestone and check and move on um, um, adapt as you go a little, but but without that, you you know, without that sense of responsibility, then in the end, you you can. I think the first thing I often see is is that what starts off as a great aspiration, a lot of enthusiasm, it dissipates, it runs out, and it meanders into a corner. You know, for me, setting a strategy, you know, it's like writing a business plan. That's the easy bit. Implementation is the hardest bit, and governance helps you do that. Love it. So put a plan in place, stick to it, and mm. measure it. Measure it, yeah. Love it. Keith, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure, as yeah. ever. I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're very welcome. Yeah. We'll definitely I hope, uh, I hope some someone at some point listens to this and gets, gets some tangible value. Oh, I'm sure they will, and we'll certainly catch up, because as you said earlier, I'm sure there's a world of things we can discuss. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely get back on with that. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Before we leave, mm -hmm. tell people where they can find you online. Yeah, uh, as far as online is concerned, it's fairly straightforward. It's www.cedar.org. Um, and uh, we've got the usual you know, Facebook and Twitter accounts. But yeah, just go to the website. You can see some samples of work and, and all of our contact details and leads are there. Super stuff, thank you. And of course, I'll pop the links, everything that we've discussed, I'll pop in the show notes. So if you are keen on emailing Keith for the environmental uh, environmental change tool, wasn't it? Or the environmental mapping oh, the, the, tool? Oh, yeah, the environmental mapping tool. Yes, That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'll, I'll put the links in the show notes and of course, links to Cedar and Keith on Twitter. Listen, guys, thank you so much for joining me for one more episode of Excellence Expected. If you do need anything, head on over to excellence-expected.com where you can find all the show notes as ever. And you can also download your free copy of my ebook, which is the 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. 
If you enjoy the show, head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a review. We'd really, really appreciate that. Yeah, that'd that. be good. Yeah. Any feedback would be welcome. It's yeah. always, always welcome, isn't it? It's great to see what people think of absolutely, things. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Keith, thank you once again, sir. No problem, mate. Thank you. Until next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.